Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. In this episode, we continue our discussion about the brain and spiritual practices. We touch on a lot of different practices, and we even get into a discussion about gratitude and liturgy. Before we jump into today's episode, though, I'd like to invite you to come to a contemplative prayer retreat with us. Before we jump into today's episode, though, I'd like to invite you to come on a contemplative prayer retreat with Signpost Inn in the beautiful mountains of Colorado. If the stuff that we've been talking about on these episodes has intrigued you and you'd like to experience some of them for yourself, our contemplative prayer retreats are a great way to do it. We take you into the mountains, give you a couple days of silence and solitude with a lot of support and good food and friendship, and it's a great way to begin a spiritual practice or just to rest with God. Sign up on our website at signpostin.org. And now here's the show. Hey, Matt, it's good to see you on the back porch again. Good to see you too, Brandon. I was thinking since our last conversation, you had mentioned that some of the spiritual practices, well, you wanted to talk about some of them and see how they connect. So what were you learning in that space? What are some of the things you've learned about how spiritual practices affect our brain? Sure. This is the part that gets me really excited because, again, as we've developed technologies where we can use to look at the brain and see things that are happening and developing and changing in the brain, psychologists and neuroscientists have actually stumbled onto the real literal benefits that doing things that the Christian church has practiced for centuries has a profound effect. You know, some of these things are that, that we've talked about on this podcast and you and I have talked about together is things things like solitude, things like prayer, contemplative prayer and, and the prayer of silence, even things like what some of the monastic traditions have done of making their daily physical labor, their work as a prayer and an offering to God. That's real. So that makes me think about my own experience because I began exploring contemplative prayer practices out of that, as we've said on this podcast before, out of that need to work with my own anxiety, to find a way to rest. What I discovered was that by intentionally taking time to sit quietly, so my body compose compose my body into a comfortable, restful position, and to then practice with my, I would say my mind, a, a prayer practice that um, uses a sacred word to focus my thoughts into and my intention. That's specifically what it is. It focuses my intention to be resting in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me more about that. Let's talk about that. Well, that's what that was, was what that prayer practice does is I have discovered is integrates my body with my intention, with my soul, because now all the parts of me, as far as I can experience them, are working together and actually, I should be more clear, all the parts of me are resting together. And they're all sing- sending each other the signals, let's be calm together 
and let's quiet ourselves because we're in the presence of the one who loves us and we are safe here and we don't need to be anything because Jesus is here with me and he loves me just the way I am. And my body has learned to feel that feeling. My mind has is learning more and more to quiet down and let go my worries of the day or my worries of the past and really simply turn it all to Jesus. I mean, to me, it's the prayer of cast every care upon Christ because he cares for you. I just now have, I understand that there's cares in my heart, my physical heart, and there's cares in my legs and there's cares in my mind. And I think what you're saying is what I'm understanding is it's like that physical part of that I'm experiencing is, is sort of like there's also cares in my physical brain that are different than my my cares in my mind. Yes. Oh, man, you said you've said a lot of great stuff there. Let me just take some of the stuff you said and run with it a little bit. One of the words that you said that is a huge, huge word right now is integration. You talked about how using contemplative prayer integrates your mind and your body or your soul and your body. And that's actually true in a very clear scientific way. When you talk about centering prayer and contemplation and sitting in silence and solitude and it calming your body, that's literally integrating your brain from the higher brain functions all the way down into the simpler spinal cord and automatic brain functions of the lower brain. And this, this can be shown in active MRI imaging. It builds bridges and highways between the different parts of the brain. And that extra integration actually leads to all kinds of positive benefits that mean your brain works together with itself better. So here's, here's how I'm hearing this. I've often said that in, when I was deep, deep into my anxiety cycles. I believed that the Christian way to handle that problem was just to have more intellectual insight. And I could find some thought that if I could then enact by a sheer force of will, I would somehow discover calmness. I kept trying to think my way out of anxiety, which by the way, is the worst way to get out of anxiety. Because anxiety is about thinking too much. <laughs> so I just layered on more anxiety. What I hear you saying is that what I learned was to quiet my body down, to sit quietly with my physical, just to f for my hands to sit quietly, to slow my breathing down, had the effect of integrating and helping some parts of my brain to quiet down, which then allowed me to rest spiritually as well. So the way I see it now is what I'm seeing is some of these practices that are just about quieting and calming our bodies are ways of removing distractions from prayer. So now I know that doing this is not something I'm doing because, hey, it makes my anxiety better. It does. But the reason I really like to practice science, silence and solitude is because it allows me to get rid of the distractions that come from my physical reality and allow me to experience the presence of the person of Jesus. Well, and, and this, this is all over scripture too, if you start to look for it. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life 
and peace. And that's exactly what so many of the spiritual practices are about. They are about, sometimes the, the word used is mortification of the flesh, killing off of the fleshly desires. I think for those of us who are very distant from that language, we hear that as being, well, I just have to ignore my body. But that's not the way that the practices are actually practiced. They are about quieting, calming, taking care of the body in different ways so that it works together with, with the mind. It becomes one with the mind and ceases, ceases to distract and, and, and fight against it. And that's, that's what I'm hearing you say is that we can, we can do things that are healthy for our bodies and our brains, and that will help them work together with our souls as we seek to know Jesus. You know, this whole discussion is surrounding, in a sense, mental, physical health. And what we're seeing is that the world of science is starting to discover, as you said the last time, you know, what Christians have known forever. Yeah. Which is what's healthy for us. Ultimately, the most healthy thing for all of us is to depend on God, mm-hmm. <laughs> to rest in him. Yeah. And we need to learn to do that with our physical being as much as we do that with anything else. And it's not just a thing of our minds. Yeah. Well, and, let, and let's, let's get into that because we've been talking about these spiritual practices without actually naming them. And maybe it'd be a good idea for us to kind of just run down the list of different things that Christians do that, uh, that we ought to, that we ought to be participating in as Christians that actually are being shown in a lot of the research coming out these days are really actually good for us. So we've talked about prayer, med- meditation, centering prayer, um, silence and solitude. Those things have very clear benefits in integrating the mind and the body uh, and the various parts of your brain. So for example, like I was just talking to you about um, your higher reasoning and then your lower brain stem by, by doing things like prayer, centering prayer, solitude, we actually develop pathways and connections in our brain that helps us with things like uh, emotional regulation, which you you basically mentioned here, um, impulse control, right? Which, you know, we there's a lot of scriptures in, in the Bible that talk about self-control, right? Well, this is centering prayer and, and all the manifestations of you interacting with Christ and with the Father, help you with that. It's it sh- we can prove that scientifically and show it in the brain. It's 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 quite incredible that if you have a habit that you're trying to break, trying to grow in self control, uh, the best thing to do is pray. You know, it, it goes back to what Paul talks about: the fruit of the spirit. One of those is self control. The spirit grows that in us by attending to Him, which is awesome. It's so cool. Another thing that um, science is showing that is good for uh, the integration of our brains and our bodies and our minds is um, some physical activity. I mean, we all know the benefits of exercise, but it, going back to some of these early monastic traditions where they made their work day as part of their worship of God and part of it, like my physical labor in growing these crops for, to supply food for me and for, for my community I'm going to make that as an offering to God. And my physical labor is actually something that is a prayer, an offering. So we can do that today as well. You don't have to live in a monastery to do that. You can make washing the dishes an offering to God. You can make folding laundry an offering to God. And not only does that build intimacy with our Lord, but it uh, it helps us psychologically and physically um, and the integration of our brains. Here's another one that um, 
that science is kind of showing to be beneficial. I don't know if if your church that you go to has any kind of call and response type liturgy. Um, in the church I go to, this isn't, and, and I've never attended a church that does this, but science has shown that s- activities like that also help with integration of the brain. As a Lutheran, liturgy is a very important part of my life and a very important part of our practice. So yeah, this is you know, I'm sitting here a little bit chuckling just because it's like, don't get me started on the value and benefits of liturgy and even just what it is that we're doing there. And, and that's a whole nother episode because for us, you know, for in my theological training, liturgy, that is the order of service in a, on a Sunday morning is, is a call and response between God and his people. And it is God doing things and we respond with gratefulness. And so you can trace the, the liturgy as a, here's, God does, conf, you know, we confess and God forgives and we respond with gratefulness. And then God speaks the word and the gospel through the sermon and we respond with gratefulness uh, through the word and the sermon. God re- does something and, re- and comes and is present with us through the sacraments and we respond with gratefulness. And there's this give and take throughout the whole thing back and forth where God is the the primary doer and we are the receiver. And so, but but that's a whole nother episode. What we're saying here is that the spiritual practice, however you express it, the spiritual practice of together speaking and responding, doing and responding, do, uh, giving and receiving. The Christian church throughout history has known that this is, <laughs> this is one of the central practices of our faith. And it's like saying now, hey, guess what? The world is finally caught up. That's good for us. What God instructed is good for us. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Right. Well, and and speaking of, you know, things that the secular world has stumbled into, truths that they've discovered, right, is, is this concept of thankfulness and gratitude. You just mentioned it several times. What you see in a lot of these various mindfulness trainings and things like that that are marketed towards secular people is this concept of, of having thankfulness and gratitude, finding things in your life to be thankful for and, and actually practicing being thankful for certain things. Now, they may not have anything specifically to think, like, who are you thinking? Oh, the universe, you know, or whatever, something out there. I'm thinking something. But we as Christians have the true source that we can actually go to and express gratitude. And exercising thankfulness and gratitude is being used in all forms of psychology and counseling as a cure for depression. This one is one that's going to cause me to rant. Um, (laughs) It's not gratitude if you have to choose to practice it. I mean, I understand what you're saying and you're right. Like the practice... Teaching people to be thankful actually does affect our physical brains and can help with depression. What's funny about that to me is what the Christian tradition recognizes is I don't need to consciously choose to practice gratitude. What I need to do is notice and be aware of the goodness of God that is constantly raining down on me at every moment and gratitude will happen. And the byproduct of not being as depressed will happen. But the, the, the way that Christian practices work is they say, listen, your problem is when, when one is depressed or anxious, the problem is you have a habit of attending to the wrong thing. You have a habit of noticing all the wrong stuff. You're noticing all the evil. You're noticing all the down stuff. Let's start a practice where we notice God's goodness and God's presence. And we surrender to that. 
As you do that, I can speak from personal experience. Boy, howdy, does gratitude come out of everywhere. And But you don't notice it till later. Later, you reflect and you're like, wow, I'm a lot more grateful for stuff because God is here. <laughs> and, and that's because of the practice of noticing his presence and attending to it and letting that become what's in my mind as opposed to all the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're you're so right. And and again, that I think that's why the Christian has such a head start over a, a secular person who just wants to achieve these benefits because we actually have an objective place to go on which to ground those things. We objectively have the creator of the universe meeting our needs and encountering us and providing for us. And just just like you said, just by taking the time to notice those things and express that to, to the living God, it's 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 life transforming. It's so great. Well, let's, I think we should end it there. And um, thanks, Matt. Thanks for this fun back porch conversation. Thanks for the folks that are listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this. Remember, we do have a email address podcast at signpostin.org. We would love to hear your questions, your complaints, your thoughts. Um, just tell us what you're thinking. We will try to respond to every email we get either here on the podcast or just to respond via email as well. But for now, I think we need to let this go and let people uh, get on with their day. Thank you, Matt. Um, looking forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, and thank you for all you listeners that have joined us. Until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostin.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free ebook. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost N is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostn.org slash donate.